Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Cotter Clark, and you. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Can dial us up where you hear us across the Hale Varsity radio network, 1-800-825-5865. And always find the show on the different platforms. If you're a, a streamer, good for you, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel is uh, where you can get in and watch the show that way. Hail Varsity Radio on X at H Varsity Radio, Omaha's ESPN 590, KFOR in Lincoln, and uh, Facebook platforms as well. You can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Find us on Twitter, uh, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, at Schmidt underscore radio for me, at Herbal Essence for Elijah, and uh, Connor's Twitter, at C underscore Clark underscore 27. We'll dive into some Nebraska football topics, some Big Ten thoughts, and uh, gambling is uh, in the news again with a former LSU standout. We'll touch on that. Gary Barnett in one hour. Brandon Vogel checks in from Counter Reed. So we'll talk some ball with Vogues. And then Daddy Burke, uh, Burke's best bets. He'll get us set up for the AFC and NFC championship. We are down to the Final uh, couple of games in the playoffs before the Super Bowl, so we'll uh, we'll figure that out. So I got to ask, uh, big plans tonight? Are you uh, guys in the midst of working out? Are you in the midst of just kind of settling in as we drudge through winter and hold our breath for spring ball? Well, I I got an offer tonight to go get some some uh, some drinks at a local establishment after work, and I said, "Oh, what time is after work?" And they said four thirty, and I went, "Oh." <laughs> so you said yes. <laughs> I've got I've got a segment with you, and then you're like, "Guys, I got a note from my doctor says I got to scoot away." We'll thing. also dive into Harbaugh as well, uh, as as it's official with with Jim Harbaugh. Did- Touched on it yesterday. Yeah, we'll get into that. Did anyone bring any alcohol for Schmitty to pay up on his stake in a beer bet from the other day for that that Longhorns mug? I won. No, you you picked Ohio State to cover. I I said Nebraska wins. Is it clean or no? <laughs> Look at it, viewers. Still in yeah, Look it's, at it's, it. It's, no, I've got two or three little airplane bottles of tequila back at my desk. I'll put I'll put it back upside. Down. But it's not like the the good stuff. What's the point? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Let's get into roll call. Let's keep the folks happy while they're still paying attention to us. Anonymous gets in, and kudos, Anonymous. 
How many people will wait here for an hour? <laughs> he came in early at 3.09. Uh, tip of the cap to you, Anonymous. I'm still keeping the people on their toes by posting this, this studio up at a different time every single day. So at blame some point Elijah. during the 3 o'clock hour, I think once it's been at like 2.45. Okay. I, try, I try to keep the people on their toes and Anonymous on his toes today, getting in there at almost 3. He Brandon, beat me into the studio here today. Good, good, for, good for Anonymous. Uh, Brandon checks in and then checks in again and then checks in again. Uh, good for you, Brandon. Uh, Anthony checks in, number 3. Uh, Andrew at 4. Jeff at 5. Chuck from Denver. We're going to give you a shout-out, Chuck. In at uh, number six. Uh, and Brian Snitley, our dear friend uh, Brian Snitley from the Boulder Peace Treaty. Is Jabba going to be on soon to preview the start of baseball? Yes, we are going to get Jabba on soon to talk baseball. I know there's a baseball presser tomorrow. we got to do a pod with Jabba here sometime soon. Do we do one last week? Uh, we did one uh, a week and a half ago. Okay, about. so we got to get All-Star slash uh, Hall of Fame slash Husker Baseball. Jabba will be in soon. Dion checks in. Tuck is in. Roger. And uh, uh, scrolling, scrolling, still scrolling. A lot of people. Patrick, Tim, shout-outs to you. So you have the numbers to get in. You have the email to check out. You can always... Uh, Say what's up as well on the stream or social media with the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. So let's get into this uh, a little bit uh, when we talk Nebraska and and expectations in, in year two. And we've kind of highlighted the mat drills, the leadership, the chemistry, the team bonding and the team building that is is taking place right now. And we got to give a, a shout out to the Twitter handle that uh, posted this. And it was at Skurs News. So shout out to you. But they kind of did a, a, a tier setup and system. And they have teams listed. And it, it asks the question or kind of targets some teams as to how often they're, they're in the 12 team playoff. You're going to have two years of the 12-team playoff before the rights come up, and then things could go real crazy. Maybe you keep it at 12, maybe you go to 14. I don't know. I'm worried about the next season and, and the teams that get in the 12-team. But So teams that, that should or are expected to make the, the playoffs every one to three years. Then there's a tier of teams that are expected to be in contention for the playoff every three to five years, every five to ten years, and then sorry, you're still in the Big Ten, you're still getting paid, but you're never, ever going to, to make the college football playoff because you just won't. You'll maybe have a good year where you break through and get six or seven wins and you find your way to a bowl game, but the, the playoff is the velvet rope at Studio 54. You're never going. So the, line, the lineup with this tweet says it's Michigan, it's Ohio State, it's Oregon, it's USC. Uh, their expectation is to make the college football playoff every one to three years. I think that's their their fan base's uh, expectation at Michigan and at Ohio State. Oregon has made it once in the playoff era. USC has never made it. Uh, Washington has made it twice. They're in that three- to five-year category. Penn State, if there would have been an extended playoff or expanded playoff, they'd, be, they'd have been in every year. Yeah, they'd be very consistent. But they're just not in that top four right now. Wisconsin, 
they have been probably kind of on the outside looking in along with, with Iowa. Sparty made the playoff once, and Nebraska's listed here to make it every three to five years. Uh, every five to ten years, you have Purdue, you have Minnesota, you have UCLA. I think UCLA needs to be in that three to five year window. Uh, I think five to ten's fair for for Minnesota, and I would flip Purdue with Illinois with Bielema and say, okay, every five to ten years, if Illinois gets into the playoff, that's good. Uh, teams that will never ever get into the playoff, uh, Maryland, I disagree with. I think they're they they could have a good year. Their program has had a good year in the last twenty five years, but it's kind of blue moon territory. Northwestern, Northwestern has had... I mean, they, they finished in the top 10. I know it was the COVID year, but 2020, they made the Big Ten title game and finished with... They, they the went two 10. out of four years, which would have put mm-hmm. them in a playoff. Northwestern, Rutgers, I don't know what to tell you. Shiano attacked two. Indiana, it's just constant change. It looks like they it looked like they were going to have a breakthrough with Tom Allen. They have moved on from him. So, well, as time went on, we learned they did not have a breakthrough because of Tom Allen. They had a breakthrough because of Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> well, and it was it was it was the COVID year. They had Penix. They had DeBoer. <laughs> right. They were eight and five in twenty nineteen. So they were trending the right way. They just never had a defense to go with Kevin Wilson. So the defense and the offense actually married, and it worked out. Listen, Washington. Uh, I think Fish is going to be good. I think he'll stabilize, but DeBoer had them playing at a high level in tight games. I don't think if Lincoln Riley doesn't get to a, a playoff this year, I I don't think the Hollywood elite care about ninety million dollars. Or he'll jump to the NFL if he does have a good year. Because I think I he's think sick of college football. I think you're solid with Lanning because they they would have been in the playoff two out of the three years he was there. I think Ohio State is loaded for payback with what they've done in the portal and what they're spending in NIL. Let's get to Michigan here. We'll talk Nebraska in a second. But with Michigan, and if they do what everyone thinks they they need to do, and that's name the offensive coordinator, the head coach, uh, to keep some stability there, I'm sorry. Harbaugh, whatever you think of the guy, is special. And there is drop-off. There was still oversight by Harbaugh, by him despite not being on the sideline and and Sharon is is a really good coach and a hell of an offensive line coach and he went unbeaten in in six six fill-in games but that's that's fill-in while Harbaugh is still there uh can he do it on his own can he keep the train rolling that that is a a fair question uh with with uh with Penn State as long as Franklin's there he recruits at an elite level they've had pretty decent consistency i know they got to replace a defensive coordinator let's get to nebraska and matt rule himself has said i would not have taken this job if i didn't think nebraska could get to the playoff in five years well you're going into year two you're going to have your your five-star stud quarterback you're going to have a a really uh, experienced offensive line you've you've addressed some needs and added the talent between portal and recruiting and you've kept Tony White for another year with a lot of studs back defensively. Uh, I am not going to say playoff year two. I think that's that's a bit early. I do think Nebraska can be in win-now mode and build. And I realize they've not been in a bowl game, and I realize they went 5-7 and seven last year and, and went 0 for November. 
But I think Nebraska can absolutely be in the playoff conversation by year three. I think they'll give you some hope early this next season if there's not any injuries and things kind of come together here as we talk winter conditioning. Uh, as far as fall off in the Big Ten, I'm I'm interested to see the learning curve. I'm interested to see the learning curve by the newbies. And I'm interested to see the learning curve by the old guard as they're taking on teams they either saw in non-conference or in the Rose Bowl or in some sort of holiday bowl setup or whatever that Big 12, Big Ten, excuse me, Pac-12 matchup because you'd see some home and homes right now. I think UCLA is a bit of a wild card. I think Oregon's going to be really good. I think USC, if they can fix their defense, they have elite talent. Michigan's a question mark because of transition. And I think Nebraska is in a good spot. I think Penn State's in a good spot. I think Wisconsin's going to be in a good spot. So we might be talking about four four teams in a good year in the playoff. But back to Nebraska, one to, every three to five years, is that fair? Is that okay? Or if this thing's at 12 and expands to, to 14 or 16, should Nebraska be a playoff team year in and year out? It's been a long time since they've been at that level. I mean, we're talking two decades. Well, let's set the expectation. I'm going to frame this conversation in that we expect that the college football playoff will remain at 12 for the foreseeable future. I know there's what, probably change that's expected to the college football playoff. What but, gets you in in the Big Ten? Is it, is it finishing fourth? Is it finishing third? I think is you, it is it, it ten wins? You have to to say, I think the only guarantee you can have within the Big Ten is that if you make the Big Ten title game, you'll be in. You're one of two. One of two. I, I think the Big Ten is guaranteed those two spots. Could they get to three or four certain years? Yes, most I think likely. They get to three. I think most I think likely. I think three's a normal year, don't you? I would say that's probably that's that's what I see as a consistent number. I think I think four is like every five-year type thing when the conference is like really really good but i think three is a fair but you better number. get credit for that as a league if everyone's yeah. nine and three I'm, I'm gonna safely set it at two though I, I i think it's gonna be nice moving forward knowing what you have to do and i think in at least the big 10 in the sec most likely also the big 12 you know if you make the conference title game you will be into the college football playoffs so that's what the way i'm gonna say it right now we'll see what happens in terms of uh, the college football playoff committee and, and how they end up actually deciding who gets in and who doesn't. But I'm going to say safely, make it to the Big Ten title game, you'll be in. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think if we're going off of this tier list, I would feel, and and I know I'm kind of drawn outside the lines here, but if there was like a four to seven year tier, I think I'd put Nebraska there sure. along with Michigan State for now because obviously a lot of turnover there and you're getting into year one with a new guy at Michigan State, year two here. And you got to kind of see, because like at the end of the day, a 12-team playoff, yes, expanded triple the size as the normal playoff, but you still got to be one of the 12 best teams in the country. I feel like that's not as easy as people are making it out to be. I'm not saying that people are saying, oh, well, it's you're pretty much a shoe in for the playoff if you're solid. Like, no, that's not the case. But if you're a top 12 team in the country – that means you're a really good football team, and I think that's going to be a harder hump to overcome than people maybe really realize right now. So if there was like a, a four- to seven-year range, I'd feel more comfortable putting Nebraska in there, but I understand the three- to five with, you know, Rule and, and all the guys you got coming in and the momentum that's being mm-hmm. built right now. Well, let's think back to, to Bo Pelini. How many top-12 finishes did he have at Nebraska? I know the the the, the landscape of the Big zero. Ten was different at the time. Zero. But I believe it was zero. You could have with a win in the Big Ten. What about game. that Riley year 
after Sam Fultz. They, uh, what did they finish at? They, they, they made it to the they top went, 10, and they ended up finishing, they what, finished, 20? They finished 9-4, and four, I know that, but they were, they, I don't know they what went, their They AP went 2-4, and four, their final six, after the night-night game uh, against Ohio State. Anonymous lays it out, the best AP finish for Nebraska since 01. 01, they finished 8th. They were preseason number 1 in the year 2000. They were number 1 in the country in 01 after beating Oklahoma. Colorado happened. Uh, 14th, that was the Sioux game. That was the Sioux-Texas Big 12 championship game. That was Sioux against Arizona in the Holiday Bowl. They finished 9-4. and four. That team had some fluky losses. They lost mm-hmm. to Iowa State in a weird ball game. Leach came in and crushed them in uh, 2009. So Nebraska's a 12-win football team. They lost to Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia Tech, excuse me, uh, at home in, in 08. They lost on the road on that long pass play down the sideline. So Nebraska was was playoff good in 09. They just had some missteps. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel on this. Take more of your comments on the stream as well. Tail Varsity, 489-1240. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Brandon Vogel from Counter Reed, counterreed.com. He is locked in his football office. Vogues, we have lots to talk about. And uh, thanks for, for making time. At Brandon L. Vogel is where you find Vogues on Twitter. So give me a word to describe the Harbaugh era. Let's start there. Um, <clears throat> wholesome. <laughs> Somewhat ironically, I think uh, Jim set out to make it wholesome. Um, it, it produced a title and... Uh, maybe didn't end up on the most wholesome of notes, uh, which I think is, well, it, it's tough to say. It's a, it's a big reason why he's off to the NFL because he's been trying to, to be off to the NFL for a while. Yeah, it's just a strange one when you think about after that pandemic season in 2020 where things were, and then Michigan goes on this run where they just kind of decide, oh, you know what, we're a man ball team and we're just going to play that at a really, really high level get to the doorstep twice and then get over the hump this year. Oh, by the way, it's revealed that uh, maybe there's, maybe it wasn't all, all by the book uh, to be determined, I guess, based on NCA investigations that are ongoing. He's just out working everybody Vogue. So the other, the other part of this reason I started with Michigan is because Pete Thamel included rule and fickle as names to watch for Michigan because they were past considerations per his sources. And, of course, any time Nebraska, and there's Matt Rule mentioned because of his, of his history between the NFL and, you know, taking jobs and, and leaving jobs, his name will, will get mentioned because he's, he's, he's toured a little bit. 
That said, I mean, I don't think you need to worry, but even with A&M, right? When A&M was open, well, hell, he loves Texas. Would, would A&M come after him? Did A&M contact him? I mean, we don't know, but Nebraska fans go into the freakout mode, and it would, it would be damaging, absolutely, but do you really worry about a wondering eye this early into a tenure if, you, if, you're, if you're Nebraska? Um, I mean, I think it's natural to worry a little bit, but I, I don't worry about it uh, with this job in particular because I think there's less than a one percent chance that job goes to anybody other than Sharon Moore. Right. And if Michigan and if Michigan doesn't do that, um, it, maybe it's an indication that uh, you know Harbaugh gets to go off to the NFL. I think some of these assistants are probably going to be there and, and be mentioned as more, we learn more about this NCA investigation. That's my assumption. I, mm-hmm. you know, um, so, so maybe there's a piece of that, but it's, he, he's an amazing coach. He's an up and comer. He'd be the, the first black coach at Michigan, which I think matters um, in, well, it matters broadly, of course, but matters in, in terms of these decisions. And he's, he's had the top offensive line in the country uh, the past two, two years, uh, coach them for six games uh you're you're gonna get a first-time head coach who's already beat ohio state uh which which doesn't doesn't happen too too often so i'd be shocked if that's not the way this one went as for rule you know i'll admit like when when he was hired at nebraska he kind of wondered well what if penn state opens up it's his alma mater you know obviously he he lived there in high school uh, during his high school years, that would probably be a big deal. But my sense is, and it, <laughs> this is always the case until it's all of a sudden not, just ask Washington fans of, of late. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really do think Rule likes what he has at, at Nebraska. That's been my impression so far. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Michigan Harbaugh. He's off to the Chargers Looks like Sharon Moore is going to be the guy for Michigan, but we'll wait and see. It sounds like, according to, to Michigan law, Michigan has to keep the job posted for seven days before they're allowed to actually announce an official uh, replacement hire. So we're looking at next Wednesday being the date that Michigan will likely announce uh, another head coach. Well, we'll see on that. But you, you talk about rule and in Nebraska. I mean, I think there's a couple of factors that don't, seem to add up in terms of rule leaving first being the contract buyout any prospective school would have to pay to come get rule second being that rule money's not necessarily an issue for him with what he's making in buyout money from the panthers as well as what nebraska is paying him and then it doesn't make much sense for i think any coach nationwide to be one year into a rebuild with oh the number one quarterback in the country and to say ah you know what greener pastures elsewhere it's almost that that uh the the work you've already put in wouldn't make much sense for you to to just tear it up and and go elsewhere right yeah i I agree and i mean i think i think really uh, one other factor there is is just and it depends on what area you want to look at but like the curb appeal of two programs i mean michigan is obviously what michigan is but is there is there anything you get at michigan that you can't you absolutely can't get at nebraska now they've had a better past decade than than the Huskers have. In fact, most power five, most power five programs have. So that that wears on the quote unquote brand a little bit. But, you know, until a couple of weeks ago, uh, both teams last national title was in 1997. Right. 
and Michigan's last before that was in 1948. Um, so they're, they're, they're brand name programs. Like I don't, you don't want for anything at Nebraska. It's just a matter of if you get in there as a, as a head coach, I guess, and, and see like, Oh boy, recruiting's harder than I thought. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill struggle to keep Nebraska where it has been historically. And I'm not talking about history of the past 10 years. I'm talking about the past hundred. Um, maybe then you'd look around, but I've not, I've not gotten the sense that, that Matt rule feels that way about this place. Brandon, we were talking about this last segment about the expanded playoff and how many, you know, teams should make it per year, how many years should go by between appearances for certain teams. As a conference overall, what is that kind of ballpark number that you expect for the Big Ten to represent in that 12-team playoff? We had two, we had three, we had even four get thrown out there. What's your pick on a number that you expect to see consistently? I think that – I think – both the SEC and the Big Ten will get three for sure every year. Um, your 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 two conference title game participants are are in, barring a wacky year where you've just got like a log jam of, you know, nine and three teams somehow, and they all beat one another. Um, in fact, I, I I honestly wonder if we get a little further down the road, what's the value in holding those conference championship games if it all becomes playoff placement you know it could help with seating but you know both ohio state and michigan uh, well that wasn't the title game of course under the division format but like those teams are safely in um i actually went back and, and you know used our coming criteria for the 12 team playoff from 2014 to to this year to look at it and the big 10 if you include the the four schools that are joining which is a little bit different because they played in the pac-12 and you know they might have had a little more wear and tear. But if you include those schools uh, with their appearances, the Big Ten would have averaged four. Exactly. They had 40, it would have had 40 teams make it over a 10 year period, um, which surprised me a little bit. I, I, I still think, I don't think four will be quite the norm, but I definitely think three. The average would probably be like 3.4, 3.5, mm-hmm. you know, a decade down the line. So that being said, what is that, that, velvet rope entrance look like for nebraska how often and i'm not making up uh, expectations rule wouldn't have taken the job had he not believed that you know in five years nebraska can get there with his own words and you look at how he's recruiting and trying to develop and, and mesh in those what is fair for nebraska be in that conversation be in the playoff every what three to five years four to seven years You've seen teams like Sparty and Iowa get on that doorstep as they, they build up to a really good gear four, right, for one of their teams that that deep, just keeps progressing. That was back before Portal. That was back before Open Transfer. So I'm interested here to to, to get your take. I'm saying three to five's fair. If, if you're better than that, good. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I think three to five seems seems fair. Um, but when you look at the, the Big Ten, there's there's probably a, a handful of teams that are in that in that group, including most of the Big Ten West. Um, well, the top half of the Big Ten West, as we traditionally think about it, where it's like, which of those teams is going to rise up and find a way in in a divisionless Big Ten? Um, you know, in terms of what's it going to take to make it, Penn State would have made 
six playoffs if we were at 12 from 2014 to 2023. That's one fewer than Clemson and one more than uh, who were they? Who did they beat? One more than Michigan would have made. Uh, it was the same amount as Oklahoma. So I think that if you if we think about what we've seen in the Big Ten, uh, you got your two title game participants in. Penn State is kind of that classic third team that I think is almost always going to be in. And then you, know, you start looking at it from a numbers perspective. For that fourth team, you probably, if you're a nine and three team with a marquee win um, and, you know, kind of have the resume that impresses the committee traditionally, that's probably your fourth team most years. And I think that's, you know, for Nebraska, like it needs to get to that level before it gets to, gets to a level beyond that. Well, let's talk about that level, Brandon. What does year two, with what we know about this roster right now, it sounds like we're pretty close to having uh, what the, the spring roster is going to be. What does year two, in terms of a, a rebuild looking towards a 12-team college football playoff, look like to you? I mean, I think, I mean, it's it's tough to, to forecast years out, but like, if, if we're talking about, hey, when, when's Nebraska going to be in the hunt for this thing? I think they've got a good opportunity to do that this year, which is the way it sets up in terms of what we know now. And a lot changes, a lot more changes in college football in the offseason than it used to, obviously. Um, but Nebraska's experienced, um, talented at quarterback, but that's that's kind of the biggest question mark for me, at least. Schedule sets up pretty well, or at least that's the way it looks now. Um, things are always a little bit different when you get in the meat of it, but schedule sets up for a for a pretty what should be a pretty strong start i believe and if you can get a, get on a roll a little bit and it looks like they've truly built off what we saw in year one like they, they got a chance to be in that eight nine win range i think i i, I really do it's sitting here in january now we'll see what it is when we get to the end of august um but they've they've, they've got the experience angle they've, they've got continuity amongst the coaching staff and those are two pretty important things the only thing you'd like to see is a little bit more continuity between your in your passing game. Um, that's traditionally a marker of, of a team that's ready to, to make a step. They don't have that piece. So that, that kind of holds it back a little bit. Vogues, I need five minutes for hoops and five minutes for counter read. Can I get them? Sure. All right. Brandon Vogel from his football office, counter read, counter read.com. Hail Varsity rolls forward. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law. Workers' compensation. Confused about your options with workers' compensation and your claim? Put your trust in the team at Dyer to help ensure that your rights are protected and you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer today at 402-393-7529. Or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. That's Dyer.Law, Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. little overtime here with Brandon Vogel from Counter Read, counterread.com, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. So we've batted around playoff expectations for Nebraska. We've talked a little bit about uh, the, the new Big Ten and uh, what is fair, what is good, and what's going to be, air quote, normal in this 12-team era. Uh, what what do you consider normal about Nebraska's start in basketball here, 15-5, and five, Vogues? I know you followed Husker Hoops for a long time. 
Uh, we all smiled at Danny Knee getting his picture at half court, coming back to Lincoln for the first time in forever. That was great last weekend, and now it's time to go win on the road, dude. Yeah, um, not a lot normal about it. Um, you know, best start since like 91, 92. Um, and Nebraska, to its credit, uh, you know, we were having different different conversations after after the loss at Rutgers, but it came back and did what it needed to do. It, it won twice at home. Um, credit credit to, to the Huskers for that. Again, shot extraordinarily well from three uh, in, in the win over Ohio State. And now it's got a little bit of a three-game stretch that I think uh, are, is, is going to be pretty going to be pretty telling for for February ahead and, and kind of the run-up to to March like Nebraska which hasn't won on the road in the Big Ten yet uh, cannot go 0 and three over its next three at, at Maryland then Wisconsin comes to to PBA where we've seen Nebraska kind of has a chance to beat anybody and then you got to go to Illinois uh, a, a team that is 11 in, in the Ken Palm rankings. So they've got some tough games coming up. Um, this, this Maryland game on Saturday will, will be a big one. Cause that's, that's kind of a contest of equals uh, on a neutral, on a neutral court. Uh, but it's not on a neutral court. It, it's at Maryland where, where the Huskers still have a lot to prove. Brandon, obviously rink mass the other night was, you know, phenomenal career night, 34 and 10, but a guy that I believe is making a legitimate case for Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year is C.J. Wilcher. I mean, he's been shooting the ball extremely well. The jump from last year to this year has been completely eye-opening. I don't know if really anybody saw this coming from C.J. What do you make of his play so far this year, and how big of a compliment is he to the rest of the team coming off the bench? I, I would agree with you. He's kind of he's kind of their X factor, and when he plays, well, I mean, Matt Painter said it after after Purdue lost in, in Lincoln. Like when Wilcher's playing well, he he really gives Nebraska something extra. And I mean, I think he played 30 minutes against against Ohio State, something like that, off the bench um, or close to it. Like he's Nebraska has finally, I think, put the pieces around him that allow him to be kind of the specialist uh, expert shooter that that we thought he would be when when he arrived in Lincoln a couple of seasons ago. So. Credit, credit to him, but but also credit to coaching staff for I think kind of putting a team together that that finally fits. Vogues, tell us what's happening with Counter Reed and and how folks can subscribe and get uh, get locked in. Yeah, you can find us at uh, counterreed.com, Substack newsletter from from myself and and Aaron Sorensen. Um, it's twice weekly for for paid subscribers, and we do a couple of free things throughout the week too, so you can you can check us out. Um, and, and see what we're doing before, for taking the plunge, if you if you will. Uh, Aaron had a great story earlier earlier this week on, on the Omaha Supernovas. Obviously, uh, volleyball matters a lot in in the state, and we got some Husker links there. Um, I wrote for today a little bit about Nick Saban and Alabama and, and Nebraska's place as a as a blue blood. And just what we've seen happen to that roster. Um, I was finishing that up as the, the Jim Harbaugh news came, which was it's kind of another reason to hire Sherrod more because uh, you don't want to you don't want you don't want your roster to to get obliterated like like we saw with the with the Crimson Tide. Vogues, we'll check in Saturday for the weekend edition. Always appreciate you, man. 
Sounds good, guys. Thanks. There he is. Vogue's uh, with us here from Counter Reed. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Counter Clark, 489-1240. Open phones till 5. Gary Barnett coming up a little bit after 5. We'll get his take on year two for Nebraska. And let's go there, fellas, as we await spring ball and uh, watch basketball intently. Year two with Rule, and and I I like this combo, this possibility here of of continuing to build, and I still think Rule considers it a a building year. That's fair. That's normal. It's just his second season, but you can take a little bit of a breath in the standpoint. You got your your lay of the land a little bit, although that land keeps changing with more additions. But in year two for Nebraska. You know, we can we can throw out all sorts of projections and thoughts, and we'll get back to one another this time a, a year from now. But year two, they can win now while they build. And we need to talk about what that winning looks like. And I think Vogue's said it perfectly where you're, you're challenging in that seven to nine range with what you got coming back, and you, you get a marquee win. Because I think that's... That is the, the, the proof of concept we talk about. It's one thing to, to handle your business and win some of those games at home. And that's uh, Nebraska fans don't assume that anymore. And, and based on the last few years, I, I totally get it. Even last season where you had November to get one and, and it was just heart wrenching. So I'm anxious to see this team and how they, they kind of shape themselves. I think the D will be your old reliable. It'll be your fastball. I think offensively you have the opportunity at quarterback to ask this uh, this phenom freshman who should win and, and may win the job to, to manage and go make some plays as he gets comfortable. But I think you're going to see a, a more aggressive offense or at least a more consistent offense because of your, your line, your run game options, but more so the threat of a passing game. And I think whenever you look across college football, the, whenever teams in rebuild mode make their jump, it tends to be between years one and two. And I'm not saying Nebraska has to follow that rule because I think Nebraska's digging themselves out of a much Fo- deeper follow, hole. Follow the rule. We're talking, uh, we're talking uh, Buffalo Bills-esque hole. Yes, and it, it's deeper than other schools have been in. But you look at Alabama under Nick Saban because Nick Saban's been a popular topic this offseason. Year one, 2007 at Alabama, he's 7-6. and six. Year two, he's 12-2 and two and playing in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Georgia, 2016, they're 8-5 and five under Kirby Smart in year one. Year two, they uh, finish the regular season 11-1, and one, and they're playing in the college football playoff. They make it to the national championship Dabo game. had a bit of a rough, well, or his second season, his first true season. Mm-hmm. They kind of stepped back from, uh, a, um, I think, a 7-5 type year. That's more the exception to the rule. You look at Texas. Yeah. Uh, under Sark. Year two, they almost beat Bama, and they're playing in a New Year's Six Wasn't ball. Washington 4-8 and eight under DeBoer, year one? Well, they do year two. They step it up. I don't think they were playing in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl last year, but they looked a hell of a lot better. They, they beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl. There it is. There it is. And then uh, year three, they're playing in the college football. You see it time and time again. Whenever coaches in rebuild make a jump, they tend to make that big jump between year one and year two. So my question for the room is how many Julio Joneses are on Nebraska's roster for that second year? Riola. <laughs> Al, there's your five-star. We'll wind down Hour 1. Hail Varsity continues, 489-1240. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
About 10 minutes away, Gary Barnett will check in with us. Hour two, also Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. Reminder for you, get buckled up here with the NDOT Highway Safety Office, and that's use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Find us on the stream, Hale Varsity YouTube. Find us on the Hale Varsity Radio Network. Vey is checking in from Colorado Springs. That's awesome. Tony says hello, and he talks about mistakes and turnovers. Uh, can't have that. You get a little better ball security. It's a fun year, too, for Rule and uh, Nebraska. It's about the X factor. It is. I was wrong, and Josh corrected me here. Corrected both of us. Yeah, yeah. De- De- DeBoer was De- only in year two. Wasn't yeah, he? DeBoer had a good year one, and then uh, an incredible year two for the uh, title run to, to go play Michigan. We'll hear from Coach Barnett on year two for Rule. We'll hear from Coach Barnett on uh, just what Harbaugh uh, did and and what he'll do in the NFL from a quarterback standpoint, but. Interested here, Elijah, when we talk gambling, it's all around us, and you and I joke or sometimes actually go do, you too, Connor, head to the old sports book. We, we get a kick out of it. It's fun. It's managed. No one's had to sell the old family trumpet, Yet. Or, or I have not, uh, uh, a guy named Tony hasn't come by to take my kid's car, so we're okay at the Schmidt house, but you've got a, an LSU receiver that's been in the NFL in booty that is in a whole world of trouble arrested today. Yeah, and booty's an ironic name because well, was not booty at gambling. He's actually pretty good. Yeah. Except for when he bet on himself, which well, we'll get to in just a well, second. Well, what were the tears for when they lost to uh, Florida State? I'll, I'll get there in just a second. First, I'd like to lay it out that this dude, maybe there was a, some insider knowledge there betting on some LSU games, but in total, in his online account, he deposited just over $120,000, which is a lot. But his total winnings on the site, over $500,000. So he did well. Who and needs NIL? He ended up putting most of that, that winnings back into to more gambling, more betting. But he did, at one point, withdraw $50,000 from the account, which we can assume would be winnings uh, from it. So on one hand, yeah, you might have screwed up your NFL career, but maybe he found a new career in sports betting that's better for him in the long run. He seems to be pretty good at it. And Lex, he's betting on himself. We go back to the 2022 season. LSU is playing Florida State, and there's been some footage that's come out of, uh, of this guy crying on the sideline, and Jaden Daniels goes over and consoles him, and it comes out now today. The reason for the tears, well, maybe it's because he had zero catches through the third quarter, or maybe it's because he bet the over on his receiving yards and his receptions, and he bet himself to score a touchdown in that game, and midway through the third, he has so no he receptions. So he had some, some prop bets on, well, on me, uh, or this guy I know. I respect the confidence. It was an, <laughs> it was an eight-leg single-game parlay nuts. on LSU Florida State. The old Adam Sandler the parlay, huh? The old Adam Sandler. I will hit 100, I will hit seven catches, I will score a touchdown, and we will cover. And there we have it. I wish we could do that in radio. Yeah, I'm going to take the over on dumb comments made by myself. I'm going to take the over on times corrected by a stream listener. I'm going to take the under on relevant points made. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that is some, some confidence right there. I love it. <laughs> we'll get to more of your comments uh, in the stream. Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter, at HVarsity Radio. You can follow us there at Herbal Essence for Elijah's Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Give 
Connor a follow at Schmidt underscore radio is my Twitter handle. And to give a quick preview of next hour, we're going to have to ask Danny's opinion on uh, this LSU wide receiver and his gambling. Well, Maybe they can Danny's, work together. Danny's Twitter said, uh, dude, do a better job with the alias. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, it's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. Let's talk some football with the coach, Gary Barnett with us, Northwestern, Colorado, Missouri, and probably, I will say, agree, not a bunker near you if you're in Arizona. Coach, how are we doing? I'm doing fine, Chris. How about you guys? We're all right. Uh, we are We're praying for sunshine. That should happen. We have moved out of uh, 20 slash... 30-degree weather and, and ice and all that into the fog realm. And and then uh, by uh, by next week, we'll be in the 50s. So, hey, uh, all good, I guess, is the it, way to put it's it. It's winter. It's winter. I know, man. I'm getting soft. I, I, I whine to my wife, and I'm like, well, can we move? Can we go? Can we please? And I and I love Lincoln. I love Nebraska. I love the state. I've been here. That said, I'm, I'm not 50 yet, but I'm working on – being totally wore out with winter. I, I need to go down to where you're at, Arizona, and you may move, but <laughs> my, my point is, is get me warm weather. You got it right. Yeah, you got to plan for that stuff. But, uh, you know, you, you got to have your head where your butt is, Chris, and your butt's in Nebraska, so you got to have your head there. So You are right. Spring football's, you know, a lot of anticipation and, Husker basketball's rolling. I want to ask you, before we, we get into Nebraska and rule in year two, what do you think about Harbaugh? Uh, a lot of dancing the last couple of years with the NFL, and now he is back. He's with the Chargers uh, a little further north, not San Diego, but it's L.A. What do you think of Jim going back to the league? Well, I think it was foreseeable, uh, you know, considering what a what a coach's life is now, especially for guys that are at, at Jim's age, uh, those of us who uh, have had to, you know, all of a sudden go through this major change. We, we didn't grow up with this, so we haven't adapted really well. <laughs> um, you know, the alternative is, is, uh, is such a better life for you, and it's, it's more just doing the football piece of it, which is what we would all like to do, uh, those of us that were in the business. But in the NFL, that's that's what you get to do. I mean, you don't really have to go to a single outside event. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to go on a speaking tour. You don't have to raise a dime. Um, you know, you know, it's it's uh, you're dealing with men, uh, and so you know, it's just a simpler. It's hard. There's no question. It's hard, and it's demanding, and you know what? It's fragile. But it's still a simpler, less complicated way to lead your life. Lead your life. So it makes it makes so many sense on so many different levels. And I think anybody that's that's probably over the age of forty or forty-five 
uh, is tempted by that kind of a life as opposed to the, the life that college football puts you down now because, you know, it's impossible to do all the things. First of all, there aren't any rules, so you don't know if you're doing it right or wrong. Uh, and, you know, the, the pressure seems to be the same. Uh, so it's, you know, it's just so tenuous and so complicated. And so I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that that was unforeseeable at all. I think it's very predictable and especially he's led that life before. So he knows what he's getting into and he was successful, which you gotta understand there aren't a lot of guys that go from college to the NFL and become successes, but Jim's already been there and he's already been successful at that level. So for him, it's going to be a pretty easy transition, I think. So it makes a lot of sense to me. Why do you think Jim's so successful? What what sticks out to you? I mean, Michigan's a blue blood. They've got a good recruiting area. But he went back there to, to, to fix his alma mater, make him great, and they won a championship. He also kicked butt, took names in the NFL. I mean, he was great there. I mean, he's right at this you know, really short turnaround for the Super Bowl. What makes him so good? Well, I think he's really unpredictable, and I think he has a good, you know, being an NFL player himself, uh, coming from a coach's family, having the background that he has, he sees things from a different perspective than, than other people. Um, he's very comfortable in his own skin doing whatever Jim thinks ought to happen. You know, I mean, I think all the trips, for example, the two or three years that he took his team at Michigan on, you know, took him to Europe one time, took him, I forgot where else they took him to Florida. You know, that's, that's stuff that the normal guy doesn't do. Well, Jim's not normal. And I think the fact that he's not normal, uh, in some ways I, uh, I think he's like Mike Leach, you know, why is Mike Leach so attractive? I mean, he's just to, to normal person. He was goofy, but you know what? To his players, he was he was something special. He was off the wall, and you know I think players sort of like that occasionally. So uh, I think I know that the people that work for Jim and the scouting departments. I don't know anybody coached with him. I don't think at uh, San Francisco, but I know as the scouts would come through, they all they all love the guy. And so you can you can tell that his players like him at Michigan. His coaches like him at Michigan. So, you know, he's just one of those guys, probably a, a guy's guy. Uh, and uh, and you, you're in that business. That's a that's a good uh, a good thing to have. Gary Barnett, few minutes with us. Hail Water City Radio, reacting to Harbaugh off to the NFL. So now we focus in on Michigan. No announcement officially, but we think Sharon Moore is going to be the guy. Did a great job with the uh, the offensive line and, and offensive coordinator duties this season and then stepping up when Jimbo was suspended. Do you like going that direction if you're Michigan? If you're the NCAA, do you still hammer Michigan for what is out there during the COVID time? Well, I think uh, the university gets hammered, not the coach, in that in that situation. <clears throat> I think Michigan's in a tough spot. I think they have to go with Sharon Moore, and uh, you know, legitimately so. I mean, I the guy did a great job, and he's done a good job since he's been there. Uh, and he's had what uh, eight eight six games or yeah. six games to sort of interview, and he's done a good job with all those. So it's. Michigan's hand sort of forced. I don't know how they do anything else 
And, um, you know, usually I don't like, if I were Michigan, wouldn't like being put in that position. But I think this guy's proven, you know, Sharon's proven that he can do it under fire and, and tremendously under fire. So, you know, I don't know why you don't go with him. It, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's a no-brainer. <clears throat> but I do think that Michigan will get hammered because you have to have control. The athletic department has to have control of the people. And uh, if they don't, uh, and things like that happen, then the university itself and the program's going to get sanctioned, I believe. I want to ask you what you think happens to Herbert now. You saw him at Oregon, great, great player, and then he went to the Chargers. And what makes Jim special with the quarterback? You worked with quarterbacks, and they performed. Tell me about that pairing between Herbert and Harbaugh. Well, I think Herbert's going to love it. I mean, Harbaugh's been there, done that. You know, his last his last uh, playing days were with San Diego. So, um, you know, he's he, quarterbacks are going to love the guy because he thinks like them. He's been there. He's been in that helmet. You know? And so uh, I, I think it's, it's a great thing for Herbert. I think it'll make him a better player. You know, Jim will free him up. You know, he, I mean, he really will because – Jim understands that. Uh, as a quarterback, you've got to have that flexibility and that freedom to, to do what you do. So I, I think it'll be a great relationship. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, I want to ask you about uh, Nebraska here. And there, there's a interesting dynamic right now because the Huskers are on the, the recruiting trail and that's uh, big. Everyone else is as is, is well. And you get some hope and some hype and some excitement going into this year too uh, because you made some strides in year one under coach rule really good culture and foundation set you couple that with a a really nice haul in recruiting and the portal and you you get dylan riola what's that balancing act like selling hope but also all right it is year two so it's time to take a step it's time to be successful how do you how do you manage that as as a program if you're Nebraska here? Well, first of all, year two, uh, Chris, is, is a really tough year for coaches. Now, I say that because it used to be that way. When you when you walk in, you inherited a team, and going into year two, half the team's yours and half the team's the guys that, that you took over for. And so you have a locker room issue. <clears throat> Anymore with a portal, you don't necessarily have that problem. You can uh, um, change the guys out that aren't buying in. And uh, so it's a little easier year two than it, than it used to be. It used to be it was a calamity in those locker rooms. But now you can, you can, you can clean it up. You can, you can have a fresher start in year two and be looking at a better situation. Um, you know, there's uh, cultures. I, I'm still a big believer in culture, and uh, I think culture – solves and answers a lot of problems and I think it enables you to keep players in, in, in a uh, in a world where that's really hard to do now and so I can think the combination of the, the recruiting hype combination of a culture that's being built and I do think he's building a great culture or a good culture you know the future will determine that so uh, his second year should be better than most guys' second year. Uh, you're going to play with a true freshman quarterback, and that always brings 
issues, but it's, uh, it's issues you can live through. And, um, and so, you know, it's just, you're always, you're always there thinking, okay, I hope my culture keeps these guys. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then you're, you're like everybody else. You're trading guys in and out and you're in the portal. The, the, the one thing about recruiting now is <clears throat> if you make a mistake, you can get rid of that mistake. You couldn't make that mistake in the past. Mm. Every mistake you made in the past in recruiting just magnified itself because you had it for four years or five years. You don't have to do that anymore. So uh, you hope the culture keeps the one you want. And uh, the fact that the system now allows you to make a mistake and move on without it. So it's it's interesting scenario for coaches. It's pretty big. And, and guys only, a lot of guys only know it one way. But you, you're able to adapt and you still want to, I would think, as a coach slash teacher, you'd want to exhaust all options, don't you think? Versus just saying, all right, dude, well, yeah. hit the portal. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, uh, you know, at the same time, if you don't adapt, you're going to be a dinosaur and you know what happened to those guys. But uh, you've got to adapt a little bit. You don't have to completely become – you don't have to be Deion Sanders, okay? You you can be Matt Rule and use it and have it at your – as a tool, not as a way of life. That's a big difference. Gary Barnett with us, Sale Varsity Radio. Coach, i got to get your take on this weekend. I mean, how good was Kansas City Buffalo felt for Buffalo Bills fans, but – Loved watching uh, the Chiefs, and so did 40 other million Americans. Uh, I know you you love football, so you're going to be locked in with this AFC-NFC championship. You go in Lamar or you go in Kansas City? Conversely, Dan Campbell's such a treat. And I love that guy's energy in Detroit, man. They are they're playing great ball. San Francisco is a juggernaut. Great weekend of football. What do you, what do you think happens? Well... Just like last week, two of those games came down to field goals and missed field goals. And I, and I think it's going to be the same way this week. I think there are two of these games. Well, one, one of them for sure will come down to a field goal. The other one, I'm not sure. I think uh, San Francisco is pretty good. And Brock Purdy, you know, in that game with, with uh, Green Bay, there was two quarterbacks playing really bad in that game. Now the weather was an issue. But both those two guys threw horrible passes in that game. And until finally, finally Purdy settled in in the last drive and, and threw the ball and had guys open like you normally think you do. But uh, both those quarterbacks struggled throwing that football. There were so many bad throws in that game that, uh, I mean, it was hard to believe it was an NFL game. But the weather was a critical factor, no question about it. So, I, you know, I uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore look awful good to me, and Kansas City's got some warts, and uh, you know, it's, we'll see if they can survive. Uh, San Francisco's just top to bottom a really really good football team, but the fairy dust is in Detroit, so we'll just see if you know if they get somebody hurt, then, then I think uh, uh, the fairy won't fly, but. If uh, if they don't, they they may pull this off. They they are confident, and you know San Francisco. All you got to do is hand off to Mac, and Debo is going to play, I think. 
They're they're just loaded. San Francisco. I'm thinking. I think Kansas City finds a way again because of their defense, and we'll see San Francisco, Kansas City again, right? I mean, uh, you've got a Super Bowl suite this year, don't you? Uh, yeah, probably. But you know what? I may go the other way with you. I, I'm going to take Baltimore, and uh, I'm going to go with Detroit. So you and I are, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll put a hot dog on it. All right. We do steak and a beer at the end of Fridays, so uh, we can. Well, all, all I can afford is a hot dog. I'm retired. <laughs> I'm on a fixed income. You got a fixed income. Uh, I love it. All right. It's a bet. Hot dog uh, bet with Coach Barnett. Coach, uh, we'll check in with you soon. Thanks for the time today. All right, Chris. Great being with you. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Gary Barnett. Get the podcast. Find his interview, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and also Brandon Vogel with his Danny Burke. Burke's Best Bets coming up in 15 minutes. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, 489-1240 or 800-825-5865. We talked about year two for rule and, you know, what's the number for the Big Ten in the college football playoff? How often should Nebraska be knocking on that playoff door? Uh, Brandon checks in with uh, some thoughts on 2024. A 7-0 start, three of the last five, puts them in the top four of the Big Ten, a top 17 team. And uh, Brandon goes on to say a minimum of nine wins next year. If we're healthy, 90% of the two deep. So uh, that's kind of some some formulating going on. All the work starts now. Of course, Trev was on the network last night, the Trev Alberts Hour, with uh, with Greg Sharp and really enjoy hearing Trev talk. And 11 a.m., yay or nay on that. I love 11 a.m. kicks. We'll be uh, probably posted up at the single barrel for that. That'll rock and roll, and uh, we'll get you onto the game. There'll be plenty of uh, juice for that. I think the excitement is back. It's going to build. You have excitement with uh, the incoming class. You have the excitement with the quarterback and Riola, and you have the excitement with um, just what this team can see and, and be moving forward. And, and then you're going to see Jordy Ball probably throw a no-hitter once just keep stacking expectations. <laughs> and then Will Bolt's going to have a super regional team uh, or better, right? So, so the so, football team's going to the playoff. We're going yeah. to the College World Series, and Jordy Ball's going to win. Both of them. Yeah, and, and Jordy Ball's going to win Player of the Year. And Nebraska Damn. Nebraska basketball is going to get a regional in the NCAA tournament in Omaha. They're yeah. going to treat that as their home floor, and they're going to make a Final Four run. Don't yes. forget about that one, okay. too. And they're going to okay. move the Final Four to PBA. So you're telling me <laughs> that either either Nebraska gets placed as that 7-10 to 10 seed matchup, they win, and then they'll either get Kansas or North Carolina, either in Charlotte, they'll go shock the Tar Heels. Can you imagine right? that? Right, in, in Charlotte, because that happens. Or they'll beat Kansas at, uh, at CHI. Then it will, it will really, onto the Sweet 16. It really will be a throwback to the Danny New Year's if they beat Kansas. We're going we're gonna to have a knock on the door, and someone's going to walk in with three cups and ask yeah. us to go and... They are going to test us. We're uh, we're just throwing out hot can, takes today. Can, can we work you, in radio. They don't drug test can us. You, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine though? Are you sure? For, for the sake for the sake of the hypothetical, can you imagine like a half blue? Well, I guess it really wouldn't be this way, but this is how I'm imagining it. 
a half blue, half red CHI in Omaha between Nebraska and Kansas in the round of 32. Like, can you imagine what that would look like? Let's just make it a little bit like? more entertaining, and, and let's get Creighton in there as, as a seed, too. Creighton, Nebraska, Kansas. Who else in that Iowa. Omaha regional? <laughs> Iowa State. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah, real magic. We are building a dream weekend right now mm-hmm. in the NCAA. The tournament. problem being, I think one of those teams would actually be a 16 seed. I don't know who that would be. Uh, yes, it would probably be a, a the winner of a play-in. So, let's pull up some seedings and how does it? What, what does the what does the projection look like in Omaha right now? But that that'd be great. But last, it all it all kind of gets going with spring, right? L- last spring time football. Last time I saw, they were a a nine in the Charlotte region. Eight, and, nine, Seton Hall, yeah. right? Yeah, and then North Carolina would loom, most likely, barring another 16. Let's just make it fun and get Dana and Oregon in there, too. Yeah, You know what? Might as well. Let's let's get the let's get the uh, highlighter uniforms out. As it currently right. stands, obviously, so much of this is going to change between now and Selection Sunday. The Omaha region has Houston as your one seed. 16 seed is Sam Houston as an automatic qualifier. You have Texas A&M as an eight seed and St. John's as a nine seed. That's how the Omaha region currently stacks up. You have uh, Creighton in the Memphis region, which is in that west bracket as well. Uh, they're a four seed scheduled to play against Appalachian State, a 13 seed. Okay. St. John's and, and get, get old Slick Rick back to Omaha. See how many F-bombs and post-games he can drop? <laughs> well, with what I know about the NFL – or sorry, the, the, the college basketball selection committee – it's that if Nebraska is on the 8-9 seed line, they're going to get them to Omaha. I hope. Well, I mean, that's that's extra money in the NCAA's pocket. They're going to have more ticket sales if Nebraska's in Omaha as compared to Charlotte. Well, yeah, and they've done Creighton's, this before. Yeah, Creighton's in that 3-4 spot, right? 3-seed, mm-hmm. 4-seed, so. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago they put Wisconsin as a 3-seed in Milwaukee, and I was at that game, and it was a de facto Wisconsin home game. Totally. Yeah, the, the NCAA likes doing that. If they have a, a team that's close to the region and it's, it kind of makes sense, they're going to put them in there because they know they can you know, sell 10,000 more tickets. Right. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. So a question for the room, and interested to, to get some feedback, have not broached this with the, the, the wife. Question for the stream folks, too. So my buddy Jaybird has the, the mother of all setups. He's got a wet bar in the basement. And he has, I think, uh, a 65 that swivels next to the bar. Mm-hmm. And then he has two monster uh, TVs in the basement. And, he, I mean, it is, it is NFL Central every Sunday. It's over there. It's incredible. Great setup. So I am trying to mimic slash copy slash flatter him uh, and, and build up what I've got. Uh, no bar in the basement, shocker. But do you go out or do you stay in is my question. Do you go out with buddies and hit a spot, a, a kind of a regular spot? Uh, obviously, the answer is yes for her at Sports Bar, two locations. But beyond that, uh, do you do – you, Air fry, fire up the smoker, do the thing at home, or do you go out? And I'm trying to, to decide what to do Sunday. Because there's a couple of spots in our neighborhood that's not far, and it's just easy to go there. But I, I, cry, I just I swear every time I'm leaving because Dad gets stuck with the bill. It's, well, easier, for, yeah. it's easier for me to go pick up some stuff, throw some wings in the air fryer, right. do it that way. I think the big pro of going out 
is, is not the, the TV. I mean, most people have a better TV set up in their own home than they would at a bar or an establishment that they're going to. And the establishments are incredible now. I mean, they're all... But the the big well, positive is is beer on tap, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not. What's what's the process of getting a beer tap installed within your own home? That's my question. I, I could do it, but I'm more of a of a of a rye whiskey or vodka guy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't. I don't do a lot of beer. If I do do beer, it's summertime in Corona. There you go. I I have on the patio. <laughs> I kind of have rivaling opinions on this because. If you're if you're talking about NFL Championship weekend, I think I would rather invite people over yeah. and make stuff. But if you're talking NCAA tournament, I'm going yes. out yeah, because everybody around take. you has a bracket. You can talk at like buzzer beaters everywhere, upsets everywhere. Everybody has something in the game. Now I'm not saying like NFL Championship weekend's great, but, but I would rather w- sit down like in a comfortable spot with my friends and watch it at either my house or somebody else's for that. And another factor to consider here is that during conference championship weekend, there's only one game going on at a time. Right. Yes. So you only but need one But there is basketball screen. you might have some action on and you're paying attention to. Well, that's that's the benefit of going out for the NCAA tournament is you go to one of these bars that has, you know, 40 different screens. You got every single game on on multiple different screens. It's hard to do that in a home setup where you have one TV. Maybe you're moving a TV from another room into the t- into your, your, your den in order to get yourself another screen. Do you have that buddy that comes in and takes over the remote? Turn I, it to, or, or he doesn't take the remote over. He's like, hey, turn it over to. I am that friend. <laughs> that, that, that is you. Uh, yeah. KG Kids for a Life checks in, says, I usually go to McDonald's and use their free Wi-Fi to stream the game on a less uh, than legal website. Uh, usually patrons will give me their leftovers. That's one way. We're on a budget. There, there, there you, you go. go. It's the the Elijah Herbal method of, of illegal websites. Uh, they are numerous that, and plentiful. That text chain the other night, by the way, with Peacock was hysterical <laughs> to me. I was laughing in press row. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Connor and Elijah both say, well, oh, okay. So I can see both of these guys saying in their own text message, Schmidt <laughs> is is an idiot or more harsh language, operator error. What do you think? Totally. I mean, I can just no, see. No, no, we, we both were in agreement this was Peacock's fault. Yeah, I, I think really. We, we said in the text stream. Well, people, the old man can't figure out his TV. Well, huh? no, it's Peacock's Call fault. It. It's Peacock's <laughs> fault for not making their interface more user friendly and helpful to the elderly in the room. Well, wow. <laughs> I was going to rip the TV off the wall, and I was so pissed. I was so mad. Well, it, a ton of people had trouble watching Miami KC a couple weekends ago on Peacock, and some people were just fine. So, like, that's what makes me think that it's just strictly Peacock error, mm-hmm. which is like. It's a newer streaming service, I guess, for sports. So Pissed for two days on that. I need to breathe a bit. There you go. Uh, it, it, it was okay. You know, I got home last night, and Peacock was working, and, of course, she's watching The Office. Like, hey, did you reset it? Oh, no, it was working fine for me. <laughs> <laughs> Magic touch. Yeah, uh, apparently so. But, no, I think you're, you're right on the money. You go out for the tournament, you... For the conference title games, it's especially with this weather, here's, you host. Well, here's me. a question. If Nebraska is probably in the field, do you watch the selection show at home or do you go out and watch that? I think, I mean, if, if, if Nebraska is in position, I think you're going to see Nebraska fans just sprint because they'll have a watch party at PBA yeah, yeah. for it, like they did for mm-hmm. No Sit Sunday. I think Creighton fans do the same too. They'll be part of the watch party down there in the old market slash CHI 
and, and check it out that way. I think uh, another question that we should be ha- had here is in terms of going out or staying, and it really depends on what's in your setup at the home. And I want to get your guys, what's like the, the must-have in the sports-watching man cave? If, if you're going through musts. TV, good speakers. Is that it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's I mean, the com- comfy couch. Basis, yeah. The, yeah, I need to. There's a whole thing I need. I need to put a to-do list together for the basement. She went cheap on the the couches in the basement. I share them with the German, the German Shepherd, and the Labradoodle. Like the, the couch has to be loungeable. It does. It, it, it absolutely. The, the, the two end Mini spots projection. go back. Yep, that's they, that's they a recline. Major key. Uh, there's a, a leather lazy boy that's pretty good. I need at then least it's a one fake, fake fireplace. That, uh, uh, that's that a works. heater. Okay, that, I, it's a heater. Yeah. I either need a space heater or at least one blankie for myself. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can donate you one if you she, want. I was going to put a bar in, and then she put all this knickknack crap up. That's no, it, it's happy picture, wife, happy life, right? It's pictures, and I'm, it looks fine, but it, it really put a. Uh, whole, I need to train the German Shepherd, who is very intelligent, to, to be able to go open the, the fridge and get a drink and bring it down to daddy. <laughs> you can also have a mini fridge. I think mini. I fridge think is mini fridge is, is pretty pretty essential. It, the problem is, is they never get your beer as cold as like an actual fridge. There's not as much enough space in there. Like I need to put thirty beers into I wherever mean, I'm putting it, and I'm that's usually a garage 30. fridge. I've got. Well, one. yeah, I'm gonna buy it in a thirty quantity to save money. I was gonna say you were, that was I've the got goal. A mini fridge. I think for it the keeps day. It pretty cold. Well, maybe that's just me. But. No, it's just like whenever I'm buying beer, like you're gonna buy thirty at a time. It's more cost effective that way. But the question is always, where do you put thirty beers? Uh, the the we got to ask Danny. You put the empty ones next to you. Four TVs <laughs> in the basement. I think that's the goal. Wow. I've got two. Do four now, and and figure it out. Uh, you need one I'm good trip to, to the sportsbook, and you got those TVs. I know. Uh, we will we will head down to to gambling lane with Daddy Burke. Burke's best bets. He'll lay out some prompts and uh, how the AFC NFC will shake out next on Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in the pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets. Danny Burke at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. He is in his Chicago cave. I love it. Uh, he's got the uh, the city of Chicago flag. I'm if you're really watching, jealous. If you're watching on the stream, Hale Varsity YouTube channel can see uh Daddy's setup, the W flag. It's uh, it's kind of like the uh, the Bat Cave, but for sports gambling. It is. Uh, he has got uh, lines and teams to his left, probably on a whiteboard. And uh, <laughs> Danny, is that your your baseball helmet from uh, from high school behind you? So this right here is one of those big hats. You know how they make those like the enormous <laughs> ones. And my sister was doing some photography work at the college football championship game, and one of the things involved people coming up to the booth, putting it on, doing all these things. So one of the things she brought back for me was those big hats. And it's funny because, crap, oh, no, this is what happened. So she was doing another event in California, and it was something with Jerry Rice. And she brought back some autograph of his book or something like that for my dad. And I was like, Val, you didn't think that would have been a a good Christmas present for me? (laughs) She's like, ah, sorry, so what? So I get to settle with the big hat from the college football championship game, which it is cool, don't get me wrong, but it it doesn't compare to an autograph from one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Let's throw this out there now. I've been thinking about this for a while. If you want your company's name on a big hat worn by Chris Schmidt and myself on the live video stream, (laughs) we can make it work. I've always thought that would be a good advertising. Uh, When we do our our forecast picks, I want to do kind of the Corso tribute with the giant 
Dumb and Dumber cowboy hat. <laughs> right. I want to put that on and we'll put your business on the side. Well thought out. Daddy, tell us about your website. I know you do write-ups daily. I know you do picks not only for the NFL, but college basketball, alive and well. And uh, let's let's get in a little bit here and, and talk uh, what you're focused here on uh, BurksBeat.com. Yeah, so like you said, that's the website, BurksBeat.com. Dishing out articles pretty much most of the days that I'm not doing the podcast, which I just started a few weeks ago. So if you search BurksBeat, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Music, or if you look on the website or obviously my Twitter as well, those are all the areas that you can get an access with it. And I'll be recording another episode tonight. We're going to have a pro sports better out in Las Vegas joining the pod to get his thoughts for championship weekend. So you're going to want to listen to that and get some of our final uh, thoughts on the bets, which I know we'll get into momentarily as we head into the big slate of games this weekend. So uh, it's uh, again, we're, we're getting close to the end here. So now I'm going to have to fully shift soon enough to college basketball, NBA, hockey, and then eventually baseball. Is that pro gambler that you're talking to, Kayshawn Booty from LSU? Wow. <laughs> He's too sharp I for really my podcast. I couldn't believe it. I, I don't remember the exact numbers. I just know that he made money. And I think someone said Half a million. if you calculated out the amount of bets he made, which was like 8,900, it was like a bet an hour for like over a year or something like that. Just just remarkable. And the fact he didn't even try to disguise his name. I Look, you, you're asking to get caught. It's I, Maybe he wanted people to see how successful he was. <laughs> that, that's just insane. He, he made like, what was it? He, he withdrew like $50,000, but he made like $300,000 that he got to put back down into more bets. Like, respect the hustle. Respect that's the game. his form of NIL, I guess. You know, you can't blame the man. <laughs> well, and, and he went out and did it himself. Let's look at the AFC-NFC championship games, Danny. Four and a half right now. Baltimore favored over the Chiefs. What do you like? in-game from a, uh, a prop standpoint, and what do you like overall? Yeah, so I got two bets in this game, one a prop and one on the side. Now, full disclosure, earlier in the week when I released an episode, I did take the Ravens on the money line at about minus a buck seventy. And okay. if you look around now, certainly those have disappeared. Minus $2 seems to be the common money line price. You see the spread anywhere from 3.5 to 4. So I'm not really you know, pushing people in that direction per se. But if it does come down, which is very probable because it's still Patrick Mahomes on the other side and you still may get some significant sharp action the closer we get the kickoff, perhaps you can get an affordable money line price. It's chalky. I get it. It's not attractive. But I don't want to lay at the key number three or above with a quarterback who has struggled a little bit in these spots and against, once again, Patrick Mahomes, who could go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Now, the reasons why I like the Ravens, I mean, look at their defense. They're better than what the Bills are. And I know last week I was on the Bills, fell short there. I thought the offense would be the difference, that Buffalo had the better one in comparison to Kansas City, but they just didn't do enough things right, and they made really boneheaded mistakes, and Kansas City was damn near flawless. The Ravens' defense actually does have the big advantage here. They're second in EPA this year, sixth in success rate, second in dropback EPA, fourth in dropback success rate, they're a little, their struggles come against a run effort. And yes, Isaiah Pacheco can do fine, but you're not too concerned about Pacheco as you are with Patrick Mahomes. But more importantly, I think the biggest reason you got to look toward the Ravens here is again, like I had last week, I thought the offense of the Bills was better. I know the offense of Baltimore is better and definitely against a ground attack. They're number one in DVOA rushing offense. Kansas City's defense, while it's carried them to a certain degree, guys, 
They've been great against the pass, but where they've struggled is against that running effort. They're 27th in DVOA run defense, 28th in rush EPA. They got a dual threat quarterback, sets up perfectly for Lamar and how they want to conduct their offense. So that, among many other reasons, is why I'm looking at Baltimore. And then that kind of correlates with a prop that I did. Lamar Jackson over nine and a half rush attempts at minus 135. Allen thrived in the ground game last week. We thought that was a possibility. Their secondary does good coverage down deep, opens up the lanes for a mobile quarterback. Same thing can persist here with Lamar Jackson. When I was looking at his rushing yards prop, it was like 60 in the hook. He's only gone over that like five times this year, and every time he has, he's had at least 10 carries. And you've seen this number go up to 10 and a half. So I know there's maybe one or two nine in the hooks for his carries still available. You got to lay upwards to like minus 160 now. So I'm not infatuated with that as much anymore either. Maybe you look at him over 64 and a half rush yards instead, but uh, as opposed to uh, the nine and a half. But that's what I had earlier in the week. And unfortunately, some of those lines have moved. Danny, in the NFC title game, the 49ers, seven point favorites against the Lions. What do you like there? Yeah, I did a prop for this one. Look, uh, I like the 49ers a lot. I think their defense does have some vulnerabilities, especially in the running effort and going against Montgomery and Gibbs isn't ideal for laying seven. I think the back door could be open with Detroit. We're expecting a lot of points, but where I circled out the prop is with Brock Purdy over 20 and a half completions. And one of his worst games last week in rainy conditions, which we now know he struggles in, he still managed to get over it in Detroit where they are an ax, uh, an absolute liability is in their secondary. I mean, they're 25th and drop back EPA. 25th and drop back success rate. Baker Mayfield threw for over 350 yards against them. Same with Matt Stafford. I mean, these guys were just absolutely pummeling their secondary, not just those two teams, but beyond that. And they're good against the run. So CMC, you want to take their best offensive player out of it, try to limit him, put the pressure on Brock Purdy. And on the other side for San Francisco, target the weakness of the Lions defense, which is a secondary, easier, precise throws for Purdy, should pad his stats for the completions. So I like him over 20 and a half in that regard. Danny Burke. Danny, tell folks one more time where they can find you, where they can hear you, and uh, where they can follow you. On Twitter, at Danny Burke 5 BurkeSpeed.com, or if you search BurkeSpeed, Apple, Spotify, you'll be able to get the podcast. And we'll try to get that big hat sponsoring it soon enough to you guys out there. I know Elijah will do a good job promoting it, so I'll get that in the works soon enough. Danny, quickly here, 15 seconds. Throw me together a two- or three-leg parlay for the weekend. All right, well, you could do something with those props. I don't mind uh, getting in that direction. Uh, how about if Mark Andrews gets back in the game, right? You know, a feel-good okay. anytime touchdown bet. Maybe look at something like that. Oh, one more. Christian McCaffrey, Super Bowl MVP. Bet it now before the number moves. There's your final bet. Bang. There he is, Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. Daddy, take care. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. There he is. We'll wind down to Thursday next on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, you're invited to check out Hale Varsity Radio, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Those are the platforms you can hear us. Also, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel daily shows the video portion posted. And as always, find the show on different uh, channels, the Hale Varsity Radio Network, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio, KFOR Twitter, and the uh, ESPN uh, 590 Omaha and their ESPN, the uh, Twitter handle there. You can stream us on that station. Uh, Facebook as well, KFOR Facebook. So uh, Central, Eastern, and, uh, of course, uh, Northeast Nebraska with our friends in Columbus. 
Uh, so be a part of Hale Varsity Monday through Friday. Weekend edition is just the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. That gets going allegedly at 745 uh, in the morning. Guys, uh, kind of a light ball uh, schedule tonight for, for Big Ten basketball. I know Friday you got a pretty intriguing showdown with Michigan State at Wisconsin. And Elijah, you know, we check out Saturday about 11 o'clock is when Nebraska-Maryland tip off. Spring football is still a bit of ways away, but but winter conditioning's uh, front and center right now. So uh, Josh asks an important question. Uh, what does Cornhead Lager taste like, Josh, in the stream? And we're powered by Cornhead Lager. It tastes like Cornhead Lager. Go get a six-pack. It's incredible. Yeah, go, go try it out. Um, I would say it's, uh, it's an easy-drinking beer. It's, uh, it's ahead of the likes of your Bud Light and Coors Light mm-hmm. and Miller Light in terms of flavor, in terms of fullness. It's a little bit better there. Um, but, again, it, it is still easy drinking. It's not one that you're going to feel full after, two. It kind of hits the best of both worlds there. The easiest way to, to put it is it tastes like Nebraska. Right, and the Hale Varsity Ale, the Hale Ale, is pretty tasty itself. Love that as well. So can't go wrong with either. The Cornhead Lager, though, by our friends at 1890 uh, is we need to just do uh, a, uh, a, a cheers, right? A cheers on Friday. You made it through the week, mm. and away you go with, uh, with popping that beer. So you, you talked about tonight's plans, though, with uh, with basketball, and you're right. It's it's a pretty light schedule. There's no high school hoops here locally in, in Lincoln on on our home station KFOR. The Big Ten hoop schedule is pretty light. I think tonight's going to be a night for me, maybe a Cornhead Lager or two, and I think it's finally time. I'm going to finish up. Does it turn into seven? No, no, no. I, I need to get. I'm not lift. judging. I'm just asking. I need to get a lift in tonight. Um, but I have two hours and fifty five minutes remaining in my Fellowship of the Rings, Lord of the Rings audiobook. And if I really put in some work, maybe I set it on 1.2 times speed. I think I can finish it up tonight. I have not seen one second of any of the Lord of the Rings. God, come over to my place. We're going to do a marathon here no. in a couple weeks. The extended <laughs> editions, too. It's 12 hours. 12 hours of the greatest movie experience you'll ever have. I'd, I'd rather fantasize about Schmitty building a bar in his, in his basement, basement instead of doing that. I thought you were going no somewhere thanks. else with fantasies. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's tell- only weird if you make it weird. <laughs> yeah, Connor, it. tell me what else you fantasize about. <laughs> no. Go drink your Cornette lagers and listen to your audio you. book. You go to the corner now. <laughs> I'm, I'm muting my mic. Yeah, stay away. Stay away. But check out the podcast. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Good, bad, ugly. We'll be happy to take it. And uh, we'll nail it down tomorrow, Friday, a week from tomorrow. Write it down. Gretna, we are on the road at the uh, Gretna location of Herd at Sports. So that'll be, well, some of us are on the road. Some of us will be chained to the studio and yeah. it's not named the leisure. Yeah. <laughs> Connor's like, what, huh? I yes. may be the subject of that. Yes, you are. We'll uh, be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager.